Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day here in London. And uh, uh, t- today we've, we've just, just listened to the briefing from the government about uh, where we're going with uh, the, the virus and the lockdown. And uh, nothing much has changed. But there seems to be hints now that the, we, we, we could be looking towards coming out. They talked about their five tests again. Uh, and from what I can see, most of those have been met because it's very difficult to measure a test when it uses words like sustained and condition and consistent. And we have to be satisfied that blah, blah, blah. It's all very vague kind of stuff. Um, so as, as I say, as far as I can see, um, it, those tests have been met and we should start to ease our way out of, of this this lockdown from next week i i i hope uh, and and we we shall have to see if if that is the case um anyway uh, t- today i want to talk to you about the uh, warren buffett and the berkshire hathaway uh, shareholder meeting on on, on the, at the weekend now th- when i say shareholder meeting you probably think well, what's a boring shareholder meeting got to do with anything and why would i be interested in that well let, let me explain War- warren buffett is uh, one of the most successful investors in the world. Um, his company, Berkshire Hathaway, ha- has grown by uh, something like 19% per annum since 1964 65, whereas the, the average market index of the SP 500, the top 500 companies in America, has, has done less than 10, maybe 9.7%. And you know, an investment into to, to Berkshire Hathaway from the start would have grown by thousands and thousands of percent. It's it's probably difficult to even imagine that the growth that that there's, it, it, it's achieved when you you take into account things like dividends and if you'd reinvested the dividends and, and so on. Uh, so it's it, it's a company that people will listen to because Warren Buffett is one of the greatest all-time investors ever he's 89 years old and these shareholder meetings are not just boring affairs they're like conventions that they're held in a convention center in omaha uh, uh, nebraska and they get 40,000 people there 40,000 people come to their shareholder meetings and this year they've had to they've had nobody there and they've had to do it online sponsored by yahoo finance so i'll put a link up to this on uh, on on my facebook uh, money tips daily community and and i'll put another link up there today and you can go along and listen to this and basically he sat there for for, for nearly five hours talking about uh, he went through the history of the american economy why you shouldn't bet against america and what the company has been doing and then he took 
uh, about two hours of, of questioning. So he was sitting there for, for nearly five hours, 89 years old. He's such a, uh, a healthy guy, but he's also got a very sharp brain. And he, t he took questions off the cuff, um, which I don't think they were planned because there were people uh, emailing in as he was speaking and they were reading out questions to him. One of them was the actor Bill Murray, actually, who, who's, a, who's a Berkshire Hathaway shareholder. And, and Berkshire Hathaway is, a, is an amazing conglomerate of companies. They own dozens and dozens of businesses uh, outright, like uh, railroad companies, insurance companies, and they also own significant proportions of companies like Coca-Cola that he's always stuck with uh, as, as a long-term evergreen business um, and McDonald's and, and Apple and, and companies that he holds a, a fair proportion, maybe 5-10%. Uh, but he, he's tended to stick with, with companies that uh, are, are what, what he might call evergreen companies that do well uh, come rain or shine, recession or, or growth periods. Uh, rather than picking a company that you would sort of invest in, oh, this might go up this year. No, he, he buys companies and sticks with them. And his form of it, a form of investing is, is was learned from a guy called Ben Graham. Uh, and it's called value investing, where, and, and I won't go through the whole thing about value investing, but it's a good way of investing in shares where you're not speculating, you're not speculating on the share price going up or down, you're buying according to, to value, the value of that company, and you're, you're waiting for it to come at, to, to be on sale at the right price. Uh, now, you might have thought that Warren Buffett, uh, wh whose company Berkshire Hathaway is sitting on uh, something like $137 billion of cash. He sits, that's cash in the bank, $137 billion. All right, a lot of that is in US Treasury bonds. Uh, so it's not literally in, in bank deposits, but it's, it's virtually cash. Now, you might have thought that a company sitting on all that cash would have swooped in when the market was down 30%, would have swooped in and bought more shares in companies. But in fact, they didn't. They, they did very little investing. They didn't even invest in their own stock. Now, they've been known last year to buy back their own stock. Now, when their own stock was down at 1.30%, you would have thought they would have bought more of their own stock because that, that increases their own holdings and, and their own value. But they didn't. They sat on the cash. They were asked why they, why they didn't buy this this their own stock. And he didn't really give a full answer, but he just said... Um, We've got to hold cash because we've got to look to, to what might happen with this with this virus, how long it's going to last. We don't know. So he's been very, very cautious and sitting on cash. And other people would read that he's waiting for prices to go down further, that maybe the market is does have more further to drop. And then he talked about the uh, the, the great. Uh, 1929 stock market crash and the Great Depression that came after that. And he seems to be maybe drawing parallels because he said, you know, the market was down at one point, then it came up and it, and it stayed and it people thought it was all over. And then a few months later, it really dropped by up to 80%. And it took 20 years for that to, to recover, to recover from that, that 1929. It took until the 50s to, to come back. So if you put your money into... The, the stock market uh, before the, 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 the crash, uh, it would have taken you 20 years before you'd broken even. 
okay, till 1954, I think he said, till you'd broken even, which is a long time, a long, long time. He talked about 4,000 banks that went under at that point, 4,000 banks that you think of a bank failure here and you have guarantees set up by the government up to £85,000, but in those that they didn't have that, and people would, who'd saved all their money in a bank would go down to the bank and find a sign on it saying bank closed. And that meant not closed for the day. That meant finished, gone. Your money's gone. 4,000 of those banks went under. Now, in, in America and other countries, you have uh, guarantees by the government or the Federal Reserve or the Bank of England or whatever that, that says if the bank fails, you would get your money back. But that was a terrible uh, situation for people. Uh, who and, and, and in those days, people would save money and, and it was just gone. So he talked about that. He talked about all of these things. And it, whether or not he's drawing parallels to, to now uh, and saying, well, maybe uh, we're in a situation where we could go into a longer depression. That, I, to me, that's reading between the lines and saying, yes, he is. He is thinking like that. And he's thinking that shares could, could come down further. And that's why they're, they're sitting on this cash. Now, obviously, he has to be careful because he's got a big company and, and his sort of rule of investing is rule one, uh, don't lose money. Rule two, rule, rule number two is, you know, listen to rule number one. And so he's got to be careful. Obviously, a company like Berkshire Hathaway is not in that growth phase. They're looking at preserving shareholders money, not losing shareholders money. Uh, because they, you know, they've got thousands and thousands of shareholders. They've got pension funds. They've got, you know, uh, people that rely on them for their savings and, and and their retirement money. So he's not going to go out and make any speculative investments. But at the same time, you would have thought when the market had gone down thirty percent, they would at least bought their own stock. But they didn't. So they must feel that things are going down further. That that's that's my opinion, reading between the lines. He didn't say that, of course, because you, if you're Warren Buffett, you can't say. I think the market's going to go down because the market would probably go down just on his word. Um, and a lot of people say, uh, why, why is it that share, that if you look at Berkshire Hathaway share price, I think today it's $265,000 per share. Uh, it, it has been as high as $300,000 per share. People say, why, why, why is that share price so high? It's the most expensive stock on the New York Stock Exchange. And this is because Warren Buffett has never gone into share splitting. Share splitting means that when the price goes so high, in order to allow people to buy into that company without having to find so much money, uh, they split the shares 10 for one. So as, as you know, this is what most companies have done over the years, uh, but they have not gone into that. They've not gone into share splitting. So if, the, if today they said 10 for one, they could produce the price down to sort of 26,000 a share or you know 100 to one, 2,600 2, a share. But they've never done that. They do have a B class of shares, which you can buy smaller proportions of and you can buy a portion of the, these companies. But, you know, that, that's the way they've done it. And this is why their, their share price is so high. But incidentally, when the company, when Warren Buffett took over that company, I think the share price was... $18. So you can see how much that share price has gone up by, you know, uh, it, it's tens of thousands of percent. Uh, and, you know, their, their performance is, is unbelievable. But the reason I mentioned in Berkshire Hathaway is it's more that I'm, I'm interested in Warren Buffett's commentary on the market as a whole and the American economy. Because, yeah, he says, don't bet against the American economy. But at the same time, 
he is in a way betting against the American economy in the short term because he didn't buy his own stock. And also he sold off holdings in, in the four big airlines in America, including Delta and Delta owned a portion of Virgin Airlines as well, 49%. He sold off at their, their holdings in all the airlines, United, Southwest and Delta. And I think the other one must be American Airlines. Um, so they are kind of betting against those. They say they've got to be cautious and you know delta as i said owns a portion of virgin airlines virgin airlines fa failed to get this government help i believe you know amid wild protest but now they're going to cut 3000 jobs and maybe pulling out of gatwick for the time being so we're going to see a lot of job cuts um in 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 that in that respect i think but another thing but uh, warren buffett did say was talking about credit cards and he gave an example of someone who came to him, a friend said, how, how can I invest this money? And he said, well, how much do you owe on your credit cards? Um, and when she told him how much, he said, well, you know, you're paying 18% on these credit cards. I can't make 18% per annum for you. Why don't you just pay off the credit cards? Uh, which does make sense because, uh, you know, people are still paying 18, 20, 24% on credit cards, even though rates have come down to almost zero the banks have put rates down to almost zero and they're still charging this amount on credit cards now i had a letter from a bank that that i have a credit card with and um it's interesting because uh, i i i tend to to pay the minimum payment on on my direct debit because i, n I never want to miss a payment and then i pay off lumps here and there uh so um uh, i've had a letter here uh, because of this, they've said a customer who makes the only the minimum payment each month and has a balance of they give an example here three thousand pounds. Uh, now that's not my balance, by the way, with an interest rate of eighteen point nine percent. Yeah, and this is from Nat West. Yeah, Nat West, eighteen point nine percent. Thanks, Nat West. Um, and if they have a balance of three thousand pounds with an interest rate of eighteen point nine percent APR, we'll take. How long do you think they're going to take to pay using the minimum payment? Have a guess. Now, I've heard of figures like 18, 19 years. Actually, the figure is 27 years and seven months to fully pay their balance. And it would cost £7,000, just about more than double. Uh, so in other words, if you've got um, a credit card and you're just paying the minimum and you leave it for years, it, it could take... 27 years to, to pay off that card just letting the, the minimum payment run and now they've given another example if you increase your minimum payment by 10 pounds per month and continue to make monthly payments at a fixed monthly sum using this 10 pounds a month uh, you could clear your balance in four years and save 2900 pounds so now they've been forced to do this actually by the government they're not being generous here uh, they've been forced to do this by the regulator because actually the minimum payment on a credit card used to be five percent when i first got a my first access card you remember your flexible friend uh and that was a natwest card through mastercard and and though in those days you had to pay five percent and they dropped that down i think it's two or three percent now i'm not even sure uh so i'm just warning you that on on these credit card deals if you just leave it as a minimum payment it's going to take years and years to pay and cost you so much money um now on the other hand you do need to have some cash you don't want to pay off your credit card and have no available cash as a, as a buffer as a an emergency cash pile so you do need some of these things now a lot of people get around this by switching to zero percent 
uh, deals and they 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 have the two card shuffle they keep moving it to, to zero percent deals but a lot of those have been withdrawn uh, a lot of those have disappeared i think one of the companies are still doing them is mbna mbna uh, but, but a lot of them have gone just like mortgage deals uh, this was in the times a couple of weeks back um, is is and i know you probably can't see this back to front but is is one of your is your mortgage one of the 37 billion of deals that are about to end good point um you know th these these deals were around and now that interest rates have come down the banks have pulled a lot of the cheaper deals i told you about my deal i was um uh, renewing a fixed rate offer that had expired i think it started the last time i i did it two years ago when interest rates were higher they gave me a rate of under two percent now it's nearer to three percent my payments have gone up from uh, under 400 pound 385 to over 575 pound nearly 200 a month has gone up by and my rate has nearly doubled despite the fact that rates have gone down i said to my broker surely there's some other banks out there willing to uh, take this give me a fixed rate at a lower rate he said no that was it you can take this or leave it if i left it my payments would have gone up to a thousand pounds a month this is on a buy to let mortgage uh, so this is what's happening uh, even though rates have gone down and the banks have pumped billions into the economy billions to banks they've actually put up put rates up can you believe that well i believe it because this is the way banks work and credit cards are the same they've kept rates high they've they've pulled a lot of the zero percent rate, rate rates and this is going to people are going to find this tough this is going to get tough for people we also see that um six million people are now furloughed on the job retention scheme but i think they're going to reduce the benefit of that maybe from 80 percent to 60 percent it's costing the country billions a month they can't keep keep this going can they and yet despite this job retention scheme we see companies like ba virgin uh and and other big big companies making thousands and thousands of people redundant cutting jobs and we know that 1.8 million nearly 2 million more people have applied for universal credit which is the benefit in this country the benefit system universal credit and i think there'll be even more job cuts to come we know that in america 30 million people have applied for for some sort of unemployment benefit but their their benefit is very short term so those people are going to will, will be on the streets literally uh, in six months 12 months time if they don't get the economy back moving again so that, that that's that's my opinion we've got to get the economy moving again in some form or another i know a lot of people don't agree with it it's a bit like brexit people are split on this because i know you can't go back until until it's all safe till we've got a vaccine but when is this vaccine going to come maybe next year who knows i'm not even going to take a vaccine i don't trust vaccines so i i think We've got to get some of this eased up. So to, to stop the situation where, you know, millions of people are on uh, schemes paid for by the government, not the government, us taxpayers, six million people. And then then there's this bounce back loan scheme, which uh, was launched yesterday. Uh, it, it's been crazy. I think 50,000 uh, loans were approved yesterday. And, and this is all guaranteed by the taxpayer by us again so if those loans go bandy if those loans go south and, and they're not repaid it's the taxpayer is going to pick up the tab so i i feel um you know nervous about that i'm very nervous about that and uh i, I just think that, that that it's it's wide open to fraud because it's a self-certification process uh, and the banks have been rushed into it 
to get these loans out fast and get the money to people within days and they're not doing their normal due diligence as far as I can see uh, so we're going to see people putting in multiple applications we're going to see people uh, perhaps with with failing companies then putting those companies into liquidation after pulling the money out uh, we're going to see all sorts of shenanigans and I don't think it will ever come out it'll probably be covered up but I, I believe that that there will be massive fraud and it will all be paid for by the taxpayer. So the answer to this is to get the economy moving again. And, and then we won't need all of these job retention schemes. We won't need all of these bounce back loans guaranteed by the taxpayer. And, you know, things can get moving. I mean, I, I, I'll give you another example. Um, I, I, I've got a, a property which which needed redecorating. Couldn't find any anybody willing to work. And then uh, eventually found somebody uh, he's not a British decorator. He, he's originally from Eastern Europe, but willing to work. But he can't get the materials. And and even he's managed to find some of the materials. He's managed to buy paint from uh, B&Q that's open. But he had to queue for hours. You know, that's a waste of his time. Uh, all the all the, the, the DIY stores should be open. Wix is not open yet. All of them should be open. And give the, give the the shops that pay the taxes in this country a chance to compete against Amazon, uh, who who he could probably buy the stuff from Amazon, uh, no problem, and delivered by a guy in a van that's probably more at risk than someone working in a shop. Uh, so give the give these shops a chance. Why can't they open these types of shops? Uh, why can't they be seen as essential services? Because you know if something goes wrong in your house your boiler breaks down and you need parts for it. That's an essential service as far as I can see. Uh, so that that's that's what I mean by getting the economy back moving. Not necessarily opening up uh, football stadiums to crowds of people like, like the Liverpool match, uh, which didn't actually open up, but there were thousands of people there. Not opening up Cheltenham Gold Cup uh, horse racing thing events, but opening up parts of the economy that can get things moving, get people back to work, particularly in the building industry, which is a massive industry. So, so that's my view. Whether you agree with that or not, I don't know. You get, you're welcome to make comments. Uh, thanks for everyone who tuned in on, on Facebook Live. Uh, great to see you. I do, I do welcome your comments, even if you don't agree with me. Uh, and all I can say is stay safe out there. Have, have a good evening. And, uh, you know, let, let's hope the government will do something this week to get us back moving again. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 